0: Welcome to this Friday episode of Live Mike. I am Lee very Happy Friday! You, you excited about the weekend? I am. A lot of fun to be had in this final weekend before Christmas. If you have some shopping left to do, no better opportunity than now to get that done. I have some. I have some left to do. I think I've got all of my out-of-town shopping done. It's some of the local stuff I still have to handle. And there's a good chance that some of the recipients of those gifts are listening right now, so I've got to leave it at that. But, 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 I'm going to do what I can uh, at, with all the online shopping done uh, to patronize some local places, and I'd invite you to do the same. We've had uh, plenty of conversations over the past number of months. In fact, uh, over the course of this whole darn year, 2020, uh, patronize local. Uh, support local, both in food and wares and uh You might be helping out a friend. Anyway, uh, Washington, D.C., that's where we need to spend some time here chatting. There are some things going on and some things not going on, all of which causing much frustration there. Here's the deal. I promised earlier in the week that we would be keeping a very close eye on three things in Washington, D.C. Number one, the debated and the negotiated relief plan or stimulus package, however you want to phrase that, regarding COVID-19. It looks like, for the most part, we went to bed last night with an understanding that there was an agreement of some sort. At, in terms of the broad strokes of the measure, that there was an agreement. There uh, would be at least $600 headed out to Americans, qualifying Americans in the form of a stimulus check, a direct payment. In addition to that, if you remember, there was some confusion over whether or not that would replace the unemployment insurance, uh, at least federally subsidized unemployment insurance of $300 a week. Well, it turns out in in the most recently negotiated version, we would see both direct payment to Americans plus an extra $300 per week in unemployment insurance subsidized by the federal government. among a number of other things. And we know, too, that that two of the three things that we've been following that I promised you I'd keep an eye on were likely to be tied together. That is the funding of the federal government. The the federal government's ability to spend money runs out at midnight Eastern tonight. If you can remember back a week ago, it feels like ancient history, but a week ago there was something called a continuing resolution passed, which essentially is... The way Washington says kick the can down the road by exactly one week. The government ran out of money last week, but just ahead of that zero deadline, that zero hour, a measure was passed to buy an extra week. The hopes were that during that week, this past week, that there could be sufficient negotiations to keep the government open and functioning. Well, right now, there's a lot up in the air. And it's not necessarily new. Let me tell you, I worked in Washington for a long time. You hear me talk about that. Uh, I was there for a number of Christmas seasons. And the Christmas season is the time of year where there is much uncertainty in terms of the travel plans of, <laughs> of staffers and members of Congress, both in the House and Senate. Because it is every year at just about Christmas time on the eve of the Christmas season, there come some deadlines and uncertainty. And the running out of the clock is often used as a negotiating tactic or leverage by one side or the other. And there's, there's much uncertainty because you don't know as a staffer if you are going to be able to go home or if you are going to need to stay in your office in Washington, D.C., drafting up newly negotiated last-minute uh, legislation. Some of it, some of the negotiated details coming to staffers, quite literally written on, on napkins and envelopes, And until the government is funded, you just don't know. Usually, though, usually it gets worked out. Usually it gets worked out. This time, though, I'm not so sure. Now, I said there were two uh, things thus far. What's the third thing? The third item has to do with the authorization of spending by our Department of Defense. National Security. It's crazy when there is so much that is pushed to the very last minute and the stakes are so high that the funding of our our Pentagon is somehow the third thing I'm talking about. Yeah, it sounds like a big deal. Here's where the situation stands now. The House and Senate has passed what's called the National Defense Authorization Act. We've talked about that a number of times. In fact, uh, I think it was early last week we had a conversation with Congressman Bishop uh, about... His casting of that vote and how it broke his heart that due to some uh, medical complications that he was unable to vote for NDAA is the shorthand term for that. Especially when uh, so much good comes to uh, not only you know the nation in terms of funding its defense efforts, but also here in Utah. Specifically Hill Air Force Base. And the community of workers that support not only the base, but also its role in national defense. <clears throat> well, the House and Senate passed it, right? And if you think back to school, House Rock, you know the next step is for the president of the United States to make a decision. And it has been telegraphed by both White House spokesperson Kaylee McEnany and President Trump himself via the Twitter yesterday that his intention is to veto that legislation because... It doesn't deal with Section 230. I'm not going to bore you with Section 230, but if you remember, and I'm sure you do, it has to do with whether or not these social media companies are considered publishers or not. What that has to do with national security, your guess is as good as mine, but the threat remains nonetheless. President Trump is threatening to veto this legislation. When will he do that is uncertain, and it is required Should Congress look to overturn that veto? And the margins by which NDAA was passed in both the House and the Senate does enjoy veto-proof majority support. So should the president veto it, that would require another vote. And then the question is, when does that take place? And would the same number of congressmen and women whose support of the initial passage be supportive of overturning a veto by the president? That is a massive, massive deal. And somehow, somehow it's getting third billing to two other massive, massive issues facing our Congress today. This, this morning, Republican Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, he sounded upbeat, sounded upbeat. You have to determine for yourself as he discussed the latest rounds of stimulus talk. As uh, I've been telling you, the clock's, the clock keeps ticking towards a government shutdown tonight, 12 a.m. Eastern. Like I've said, the Senate will be right here until an agreement is passed whenever that may be. Republican Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri. He has spoken up, someone from from whom we haven't heard in a little while, but he called for a vote on sending every American a $1,200 check. Here's what he had to say. It's time for uh, leadership to put on the table what they've got. It's time for them to brief members about what they've got. And, um, you know, we need to I want to know what's in this package. So uh, and it better include direct assistance at a substantial level. We're going to take a break. When we return, I'm going to talk to you about vaccines and Vice President Pence, his wife, the Surgeon General Jerome Adams receiving a vaccine. Uh, Plus, I just got word Mitch McConnell received his vaccine. I want to talk to you about whether or not that moves you. Should you find yourself? in at least according to Pew Research Firm's findings, amongst the 40% of Americans who are hesitant to receive the vaccine. Does this public display by high-ranking elected officials move you at all? We'll get into that next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.